What up and welcome back to the podcast, everybody. This podcast is brought to you, as always, by Anchor, as well as Good Problems. I got the co-founder on the, the pod with me today, Nick Rinaldi. Say what's up. Hey, how's it going, Rambles listeners? Welcome back. Happy to be here, Rob. At this point, it feels like I do like a quarterly review for this team. Um, I'm just very bad at being consistent with this, as you know. But, uh, you know, we got we got stuff to talk about, let's say. Um Starting with, I want to start on the high note, first of all, because, you know, the Knicks have had some up and downs this year, and I was just basically taking a look at everything from January, um, and the the Knicks were 7-8 and eight in January, I'm pretty sure I did that counting right, um, and that was on the backs of RJ Barrett and Evan Fournier. I would love to hear your input on it. I got the stats, they averaged that, that month right here, um, 21.8 points 3.2 assists six rebounds 43.6 from the field 40.2 from three and 68 percent from free throw for rj you mean we know we always struggle with that though um and then evan's got 15.7 points on 46.7 from the field and 45.7 from three on seven and a half attempts uh really came alive in january and um re- really impressive but it's a shame because and we'll get to this in a minute but the trade deadline's coming up and i think he's gone uh, but let's talk about the good that they're doing for now, and then we'll get to that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You start talking about RJ. Um, you know, the uh, our draft pick, our lottery pick, um, and it's year three. Expectations were high coming into the season, and early on, uh, he had that stretch of about six or seven games where um, I think he averaged like 27 a game or something along those lines, and that was a bit exciting, but then running into a little bit of injuries, COVID. He was ill with a non-COVID-related illness. Um, it was a bit of concern, you know, is there maybe a regression happening here for a guy maybe in his, um, like, junior year slump, you know, instead of a sophomore slump. But January, he's been playing, like, uh, you know, the guy we want him to play. He's been a lot more aggressive going downhill, um, making plays for his teammates, um, defensively, although he's not, you know, a top defensive player in the league, he's competent to uh, guard some guys anywhere between the one and the three, you know, depending on their size at the three. Um, and one thing that's stuck out to me about his play has really been his leadership abilities among the Julius Randle controversy, which has been going on right now, you know, where we've seen Julius, our, you know, our, our leader based on, you know, his talent and his skills and what he did last year you know, not setting a great example based on his body language and his on the court actions and not talking to the media. And we've seen this 21 year old, you know, step up to the plate and show, uh, you know, quite a um, opposite demeanor. And I think that has been the most exciting takeaway for me. I just want to say, you know, I think last year he was averaged about 17 a game in terms of scoring, um, which was obviously an upgrade from his rookie numbers of 14. And I think going into the season, People wanted to look at certain leaps like Tatum and maybe, you know, even though they're in the same draft class, John Moran now, who's taken like a six point, seven point per game leap. I don't think with RJ that's realistic. You know, I mean, again, this team doesn't have a point guard right now. Um, And, you know, for a while, Tibbs doesn't run a lot of the offensive sets through RJ. January, um, he has been doing that, which has been great. But we're seeing, you know, what his potential could be. And the game is just slowing down for him a little bit. And I think a leap he'll take, you know, is, yeah, maybe he'll 
slowly start to average, you know, two to three more points per game each year. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends this season averaging below 20 points per game. But if he averages like 19, that's an improvement for me. I mean, that's proof that he is making improvements and strides. And he's the youngest guy on the team still. And he got drafted two years ago. So that's something to be considered. I mean, that's the brightest spot. You know, we don't know what his potential could be, but. You know, seeing that our lottery pick is not, you know, someone who will falter under pressure or, um, you know, doesn't lack ability to be a top player in this league is is really refreshing to see. Yeah, for sure. Um, I wanted to basically, I got to piggyback off of that, essentially. And seeing how RJ's handled the media, um, he's handled all the criticism from this season that either too. I mean, you saw the video of that one fan that called him out at the game and he's like, you're watching me, right? Shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, R- RJ early on was really, really struggling. Um, I mean, still decent scoring, but the efficiency wise and just confidence wise, he didn't really look all there. He had that one brief stretch early in the season where he looked like the hero, like he took the leap right then and there. Then he had a bad stretch of horrible shooting and he had those turnover things the other day, you know, a few weeks back. Uh, but yeah, uh, love that he's taken the, the, the I guess, initiating the leap uh, through the month of January. Uh, love that he's aggressive. He's, and I think we've talked about this before, where like I always considered RJ and Julius kind of like similar. They're, they're a similar style of player. I mean, granted it's cliche because they're both lefty, but RJ, I think, is best kind of, like you said, attacking downhill and just being the initiator, being the aggressor. And he's clearly proven that that makes sense. He's also been doing better from the perimeter because he's being set up better and he's more confident in his shot. I don't... Was it January that he hit the buzzer beater too? Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like that. that's a big shot to make in your, your career as a third-year player, 21 years old. But, you know... Whether it was a good shot or not is a different story. He fucking made it. And um, that, that's a big shot to be making in your career, and especially after such an up-and-down season. So seeing him take that those strides to be the leader, essentially, and uh, essentially it's also looking like he's kind of like forcing the, the narrative on Julius Randle, you know? Like everybody kind of wants Julius gone now, and it's unfortunate because... He was basically the king and had the keys to the city in the palm of his hand last year. Uh, but, you know, I'm not mad that RJ's stepping up. and That's good. That's what we need. And, I mean, I don't remember what he was averaging early on, but he's brought himself back up to the points per game average that he had pretty much from last year. And he's, as long as he continues scoring like he has been, I mean, he's been the team scorer, the leading scorer on a few nights this year. So if he keeps that up, I don't see why he can't get to that 18, 19 you're talking about, which is already an improvement, you know, even though it came from the beginning of the season, which was really poor play from him. Uh, it showed that he grew out of it, essentially. So I, I am I'm really heavily aboard the RJ train, as you know, because I got that jersey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%, 100%. I was really happy to be able to snag one of those uh, NBA 75th anniversary clean white jerseys from the MSG store, um, the RJ edition. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I wrote about this, um, I think it was the the Kings recap game because they won the game, but I think he had like 11 points. And like, he didn't really have a good shot selection. Um, 
that sometimes you'll see these like rookie flashbacks that RJ has where like he just plays like his rookie self when there was like really nobody on the team. Like Randall was on the team, but he was like not the Randall of last year, didn't not with the expectations. Um he'll just play some ugly ball and what you don't want to see is him to get into that sort of rhythm. And I think we've seen instances where he's played really well and then we'll see him play like that regressed rookie RJ like like multiple games in a row and that's not a good habit to get into like you know six seven games and um a lot of that comes from you know maybe a bit of overconfidence uh when he's like on a, on a hot streak um and his shot selection just becomes a bit more poor or you know i don't know what it is but um you just want to hope that like every guy's gonna have an off game but when he has an off game he's able to rebound a lot quicker and i think that's a real sense of maturity i'd like to see i mean i think he had 11 against sacramento he did not shoot or uh play well he had 11 points shot 4 of 14 and then he had 23 points against memphis which like you want to see that response against a team like memphis that's that's good like you're okay with rj having a poor game against a game like the kings he only played like 17 minutes but to come against morant play 23 points play consistent defense you know um that's what I'm talking about. Like he was able to rebound quick and then, you know, drop 20 plus. So that's just definitely an improvement. I, I think. And I think at its core, the game is slowing down for him. Like he's not really making these rash decisions all the time. And he's able to see the floor a bit better. Um, and I mean, look, he's got to work on free throw shooting. That's no secret, but that comes with time in the gym, which you hope this summer is something that's, nailed in i think the free throw shooting is a symptom of a bigger issue which is the team not being focused at all um so you know i feel like that kind of like spreads like uh you know like a pandemic knock on wood but um um yeah yeah i I think you know i'm definitely proud to see him make some progress and you know that's a lot of the reason why i want to make the playoffs i think realistically what are we really going to do with the playoffs with this team but I want to see how he can come up. You know, I'd love to see a big RJ playoff game where, like, he drops 30-plus and we win because of him. That is real progress there. It's like, okay, here's our draft lottery pick making that move. Um, so, um, you know, I doubt I'm the only one in, in that boat. For sure. Uh, you're definitely not. Um, but this does kind of bring us to an interesting topic, which is the trade deadline coming up in the next five days. Uh as we all know now, as of February 3rd, Julius Randle's eligible for trade. I'm not saying I want to trade him. I would love to see him really break out of this, whatever it is that he's experiencing. I mean, yeah, I wrote down a few of the instances this year. Uh, he's been, in, he's not been doing the pressers after games, losses most notably. He gave the thumbs down to the fans, which I think you and I were on the same boat with. Like, who gives a shit? I'm cool with it if he's giving the fans a thumbs down for booing him, even though they're winning. Um, there's that whole rumored unfollow on Instagram now. He he shut down Mark Berman the other day. You know, there's there's drama building up because um, you mentioned playoffs. Right now, the Knicks are 24 and 28 ahead of the Lakers game tonight. I'm pretty sure. And you know, yeah. 24 and 28, they're just barely outside the play-in qualification. Uh, but the East is just big time right now, man. There's teams that are like the Hawks and Celtics that started off slumpy as well. And they're kind of just building their way up the standings. And yeah, I don't know what's to have to come of the Knicks come the trade deadline. There's 
speculation that there will be a trade, the speculation that there won't be a trade. Uh, we have five days to figure out, really. Uh, and we saw what happened with the Clippers yesterday and the Blazers, the Blazers who sent two of their wings for scraps, essentially. And they're kind of tanking the season, essentially. Um, and I think... I don't know. I don't remember offhand how many games the Knicks have until the trade deadline. Uh, Derrick Rose should be coming back soon. You know, there's a lot to, to ponder here because I would also like to make the playoffs again after last year. You know, the expectations were high coming in. I did tried to not keep them too high, but getting back to the postseason and being consistent for a change would be nice. Um, and then obviously we know the Knicks are at where they're at right now, and it would like to see. I would like to see a turnaround, but how that happens. You know that's up to, up to debate um but yeah uh please feel free to share your stance on this whole trade deadline and uh, drama and whatnot so i think the deadline is is it's the 11th is it friday or is it thursday i think it's friday i don't know uh, the time the deadline to today is saturday it is the fifth oh, i'm checking the calendar friday is the 11th okay so it's on that day so the next oh, day okay. we're at the lakers tonight at utah monday at denver Tuesday, whoever gave us that back-to-back is just cruel, and then at Golden State on Thursday. So that's yeah. a pretty brutal stretch with tonight probably being the most winnable game since LeBron's not even playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we beat the Lakers before without LeBron. We did. We did. Um, now my I don't know if Davis team, was there, though. He was. Yeah, he was there. Briefly, he did though. not play well. Um, yeah. Now, that'll be an interest. That's a, that's a sidebar that can we discuss that. I'm excited to see in terms of Mitchell Robinson matching yeah. with Davis tonight. Um based on his play recently but mm-hmm. yeah in regards to the deadline to. you know it's 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 very interesting you know like leon rose is kind of operating um behind closed doors and and we don't really know what to expect from him i mean draft picks i think him and the rest of the front office brock aller um and there's another guy a crucial member of the front office in terms of the drafting decisions um they've they've done great you know quickly the top and pick was obviously dependent on you know probably not signing randall randall not having the season he did last year but the quint grimes pick seems to be a home run at the place you got him deuce mcbride um is cooking in the g league the nba is a different game but it seems pretty clear that with minutes he's confident enough to play at the in the nba um so i think this is a crucial moment for them in terms of you know What's their plan going forward? Because, you know, there's clearly some issues right now that are pretty clear. Um, Number one, the Knicks lack point guard play completely. They don't have someone who can run the pick and roll effectively. Um, And I actually think that's where Randall is used best, not in these like iso mellow ball situations, but being the roll man and attacking the rim, uh, going downhill when there's one defender on him. Many times, you know, he's cut off because he's attracting all these doubles and it forces him into bad decisions. Um, I think Kemba was effective in doing that, but I think he's getting to the end of his career, honestly. He, he, it's sad to say, but he doesn't look like, you know, he can run an NBA offense like he used to. Um, and I think, you know, that's the biggest thing you want to diagnose. The Alec Burks experiment is done. He's not a point guard, you know. Um, and I think, you know, if you are making a move, that should be your move you want to make. But at the same time, like I said and, and tweeted, I could see them standing pat and not doing anything and just riding this team out to the offseason and wondering, you know, last year, I think we won like 18 of our last 22 games or like something like that. 
and we got the fourth seed, you know, like who's to say, yes, we got a tough schedule. Well, who's to say, you know, the last 20 games, we get it together with 16 of our last four and crack one of those seeds. You know, um, I think in terms of the play and we're a game behind, I think in terms of the sixth seed, I mean, we're only like four and a half games behind. Anything can really happen. And I feel like making a rash decision like trading Randall or trading Fournier, you know, guys you gave money to this summer, uh, doesn't reflect well on not only the front office, but the direction and the culture this team's trying to go in. But if there are moves to be made, um, I would love to clear, to clear up a rotation spot for Reddish. You know, I don't know, you know, you give a first round pickup for him, you know, albeit it was the Charlotte pick, you still give up a first round pick. And I don't know, you know, what the plan is for him this season. If no moves are made at the deadline, how are you going to fit him into that rotation? And then you're dealing with one more year next year. And you got to determine after that year of play, whether you got to pay him. And he has been consistently kind of hurt. So I think you want to maximize how much time you can play Reddish. And that should be our priority. And I think Alec Burks has been great for us. But I think it's time to move on and see what you can get from him. You know, I would love to get, I think you can uh, get a first round pick for him if possible. Um, from maybe the Lakers or um, I'm trying to think of uh, any team that's really in the market to maybe buy, maybe Dallas, if they want to even get an extra guy. Um, there could be a couple teams I'm not considering that could be open to that. Um, but, but yeah, I think, you know, in terms of moves to be made, Randall's been on, on, in the rumor mill. Um, there's a lot of talks about him for Fox, um, which would be an interesting move because then, there's the Knicks going full full youth movement with Fox at the helm uh, making $30 million. But again, he's I think Darren Fox is like 24. So he's younger than Randall and different play. Like he's a he's a pure point guard um, and he's not a small guard either. You know, he's 6'3". So I think to, you know, to sum up my point here, I think I don't think the Knicks are going to make any moves. Do I want them to make some moves? I've always been a full youth movement. I love the season we had last year, but in a way I almost – I love it just being a fan. It was nice to watch winning after, you know, seven years in a row losing. Um, but I think, you know, in a lot of ways, it might have been better for us to even just, you know, play like OK last year or even maximize Randall's value and trade him and go full in on the youth movement. I think that's the way we have to develop. Randall's 27 and he's like a third option, but he's our best player. That's you. You cap a ceiling on yourself there. So what I like to see them move him in ways, yeah, I want to see, you know, if he's going to, you know, have this poor energy and play for us, maybe it's me giving up on a guy. But, you know, like, again, it's a what have you done for me lately type of league, you know, and and it's not even that he's playing poorly. It's that he doesn't even look like he wants to play here. He won't even pick up his teammates off the ground. I, I, as a fan, I just don't have time to root for that, man. You know, I don't mean to disrespect you or your family at all. Just get off my team. If he can pick it up, if the front office has more trust in him, I'm all for it. But at the same time, I think long term, they're looking for 2023. They want to ride out this year. I think Fournier doesn't get traded because now he's playing like we expect him to, which is great to see, which is great to see. Uh, and I like him here. I think he does like playing on this team, which is awesome. And then I think this year finishes 2023. You got cap space to clear up um, and you got some free agents. So I think 2023 is when they're going to make moves, if any. Um, and maybe that's Leon's long-term plan. But I don't know if any moves are going to happen here. If they do, I will be 
I hope they're the right ones. I mean, the front office has been good thus far. I did like the Reddish trade, but we got to just see, you know, what, what they're going to do with him. And I just don't know what they're going to do yet. Yeah, I mean, that's we're not behind closed doors, not behind the scenes, obviously. So we're never going to know. Um, every Everything that everybody, like even the talking heads like us and a, a lot of Nick's Twitter, they think they know what's going to happen. They have their thoughts of, hey, maybe this trade will work. This will work. This makes sense. This makes sense. Nobody knows. Nobody knows a goddamn thing. Um, as far the references to Randall for Fox, that's that is that has been growing and building steam. We don't know if it's going to happen, but does it make sense for the Knicks? Yes, because I feel that it fills a gaping hole that the Knicks have had for what the better, the worst half of three decades. Years. You know, like the 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 last good consistent point guard I think the Knicks had was. Raymond Felton. It really was Felton. Yeah, and, and I mean, they had him for two, what, three seasons? All three seasons? Oh. Uh, they had him the one year that they had, they trade drafted him or whatever. Then they traded him to Denver for Mello. Then they get him back. And it's like, you know, Ray, Raymond Felton was the only good point guard in, in 30 years. Stefan Marbury had a nice little run here. I, I don't, I didn't really follow the Knicks then. Uh, I want to say Chris Duhon because of his 22 assist game, but really he did nothing. Like all I've heard about Chris Duhon is he was a joke. Jeremy Lin had Linsanity for what, like a 20 game stretch. And then he kind of fizzled out and they got rid of him. There's no, there was never a floor general. There has not been a floor general on this team. And the closest we came to it was probably Derek Rose from last year, because look what happened with him. He's playing all year off the bench. He, he, specifically asked to be traded to a team with playoff future and got to New York. And what did he do? He went on to put the goddamn team on his back. And then he wound up starting in the playoffs for us and doing incredibly well for a guy in his thirties coming off of a horrible injury plagued career. So, I mean, that's got to amount for something like that. That's got to be a motivational factor for this team. And then look at where we're at now. Um, so trading for a point guard in De'Aaron Fox, whether he can shoot three pointers or not, I, I'm cool with it in a way because it maybe it's just he, he he's even had a bit of a slump. I think I've, at least from what I've been reading and hearing. But if you swap the two of Randall and Fox, let's say Randall goes to a team that could also use some, you know, uh, power forwards and front court help, and then they're they're log jammed at the point guard position to begin with. So then Fox gets to come over here write out his next five seasons of like 40 mil, 30 something million dollars a year uh in the mecca and he you know he's a highlight reel he can make more highlights with obi Toppin at his side uh maybe cam reddish running alongside him rj barrett mitch robinson you know it's it i think it would be a, a healthy swap personally i but then you don't know what happens from there i guess um <clears throat> and as for clearing up space for reddish i would also like to see Reddish play because I think he actually has something to give. Um, I was checking his stats earlier this season, and this is the best year he's had for the Hawks so far. Uh, ever since that game against the Bucks, where he kind of just started cooking from three, like he could shoot. You know, he just needs the time. It's just like Knox in a way. Kevin Knox and Cameron are not that different <laughs> to, to a degree. So like clearing up some time for him would be nice. I would like to see him come off the bench for a lot more minutes. Um, but that would require, as you said, like maybe getting rid of a Burks or something like that. 
Um, and who knows if that happens? Like you said, uh, f- come Friday, we'll know. Uh, unless something happens prior. And really, we have no semblance of what that will be. I think, um, honestly, it's more likely Harden gets traded to Philly than the Knicks to trade Randall at this point. I think it also looks better on the front office. You just signed a guy for, you know, the near max based on what he did for you last year. And, like, they're trying to build a culture here. And I really hope they are focused on the long term for that because establishing the culture to – for the Knicks to be taken seriously, I think is really vital for us as a franchise going forward. You know, it's been sort of 20 years of perpetual, you know, tomfoolery. And I think um, establishing this culture where it's like, you know, you trust in your guys, even if they're the skill of Julius Randle to, you know, give them another chance. If they're having a poor year this year, maybe give them one more chance next year. I'm not against that, but you know, I can't blame myself as a fan to be frustrated to watch these, 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 you know, almost perpetual four or five turnover games where the guy doesn't know how to react in the double team. I mean, it, you know, it's, 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 um, it's just frustrating. And I want to root for the guy. I want him to be our leader. I want him to, you know, go off and stuff. But, yeah, for sure. um, you know, I don't know what's gotten into his head. I think a lot of it, I mean, if you look at it, and I know myself as a 26-year-old, he's 27. Like, he's a year older than me. So, like, I think that aspect of things is really tough, you know, just managing, like, living in New living or, or playing for the New York Knicks and being under the spotlight and knowing you're not a number one guy, but people are angry at you for you not living up to that potential. when that's not who you are, and that's okay. Yeah. He's still a competent all-star level player, but... Um, it just—it's really the attitude and the body language, which has really been off-putting. And I'm not gonna act like I'm a body language effort expert, but he just doesn't. He, there was times where you just didn't see him pick up his teammates and just dap them up, and it's like that is being a poor teammate. That is selfish. Like it doesn't take anyone to 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 read between the lines there and see that like, you know, he, that comes from some selfish decision making. So. Those are just my thoughts on Randall. You know, I think we'll keep him. I think maybe Derrick Rose coming back, um, you know, will be helpful for him. Yeah, it could uh, heal some stuff. And maybe the jumper starts falling a little bit more in the second half. And, and um, you know, we can see what kind of noise we can make in the playoffs. But there's a clear cap on this team again. And you got to just think the front office, if no moves are made this trade deadline, every year the Knicks fans want a big deadline. And the last two years, like, we have made moves. Like, we, we traded Marcus Morris for a first-round pick, um, who we turned in quickly. We traded for Derrick Rose last year. So these aren't massive moves, but they're pretty significant moves. And I think, um, you know, if they stand pat this year, maybe the reddish trade is their move this year. You know, you never know. But, again, I don't know how you're going to find minutes for him. You know, like, I'm trying to um, – all of the the stats right now i'm actually working on like a data visualization for this um i'm having a bit of trouble on basketball reference right now but i think if um yeah i uh so based on if you just sort by the minutes played for cam reddish right some reason reason i'm having a little trouble using um the basketball reference uh like selector mm-hmm. but um if you look at the games where he's played 25 minutes or over um 
for the most part, his scoring averages are above 15 a game. Um, I'll try to have those numbers before the end of the podcast because it's interesting. But it, it reinforces the argument that the more playing time this guy gets, his performance is actually better. Yeah, he, um, he he's shown many a time that he could actually be a reliable player. It's just a matter of getting that those minutes, like you said. And, uh, yeah. you know, with, between injuries and whatnot and then other guys stepping up for Atlanta, it's been rough. Yeah, and then obviously here now, I'm the Knicks. Uh, Tom Thibodeau's stubborn, and he's set in his ways. So, the rotation minutes, he's saying he has to earn them. I don't know why when he's younger than a lot of these guys and debatably better. <laughs> yeah, I don't really, I don't really get that either. Um, I mean, he's a six eight, six eight wingman. I mean, that's that's beneficial for a team that's looking for defense and potential scoring opportunities. I mean. Even in his first bucket for the Knicks, he had a nice little reverse layup going down the baseline. And that He's was off a of... player with talent that the Knicks have never had. Mm-hmm. Like, never had, like, a wing who is, like, a Paul George-type build. Um, so he's really an interesting prospect. I just don't know what the plan is. I mean, maybe you just want to get off Kevin Knox and you didn't think you were going to do anything with the draft pick. Yeah, so but giving a... Uh, yeah, yeah, actually yeah, giving... They try to move Reddish for someone else next year, but... Um, maybe, maybe. I don't know. That, I think that's actually the most interesting discussion around the deadline is if a move will be made to free up space for him, and if not, you know, it's going to be real awkward in the garden when the we want Reddish chance start, and Thibodeau's like, uh, yeah, yeah. Five minutes. Yeah, he's too. he's just too damn stubborn. But... I'm, if we're going to be talking about guys that are stepping up, too, I just realized. Because you did bring him up, and I forgot. I should have looked it up. Round of applause for Mitchell Robinson. Dude. Incredible, man. This, this dude, I mean, he's averaging, what, like 12 and 10, let's say, for the past month and a half or so. But, but like, he's doing it in a good way. I mean, he, he's out, out muscling and out hustling people. He's out rebounding people. He's getting all these. He had eight blocks against the Grizzlies the other day. Granted, in a loss, but... It looks like he put on all this weight in the offseason to be able to bang down low, pause. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the, the bigger centers in the league, and yeah. that was kind of, like, a little tough for him. He was getting really winded, and I think he didn't play a lot last year, so I think he had to get his conditioning up into shape. Then it appears like he lost a little bit of weight, but he's not as small as last year. It's like now he's kind of, like, gotten used to his body frame being a little bit bigger now. And his conditioning is great, and he's been able to really, like, finish at the rim really well. We've even seen, seen him take it off the dribble a couple times, like that yeah. Charlotte game, which mm-hmm. was sick. And then, um, you know, we watched him get an offensive rebound and then put the ball on the floor and lay it back up to show sort of his versatility, um, you know, creating on his own. I'm not saying he has this innate ability that hasn't been in, tapped into, but, you know, him looking a bit more comfortable out there to do stuff on his own, I think he's really valuable. I think that also begs an interesting question of what you got to do in terms of moving pieces around with this, these contracts because I yeah. think you got to pay him. I want to extend Mitch. I think we drafted him, and I think, no, he's not a Miles Turner who could stretch the floor, but, like, his his defensive presence is – is um, it's so important to what this team is trying to do. I mean, eight blocks against Memphis. Yeah. That's absurd, man. The last guy to have a double-double in eight blocks was Ewing. Yeah. And he's the only other ago. Nick to do that. 31 so, years ago. Yeah. And, and I mean, Robinson, I think he just passed um, uh, Marcus, Marcus Camby, Camby at the blocks list. Like, he's a Nick, man. He's one of the, one of those Nick centers already who's breaking these records. I want him here for the long term. 
You know, I think he's got great chemistry with RJ, with Quickly, with Grimes, with the young guys, with Obi. And um, I think if we don't pay him, I think someone else will, you know, yeah. this, this summer. I don't know who that'll be, but someone else will. And um, I don't want it to be like Charlotte, you know? Mm-hmm. Really if he went to Charlotte, wow. But yeah. yeah. But they need they need a guy like him, and mm-hmm. I think um, you know I think it'll work out like Nick fans want. Meaning I think we'll pay him and we'll get him at a reasonable price. I think if you're negotiating with his agent, you have to express the injury concerns a mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, if he's got a killer agent, the agent's gonna pivot and say, well, I can get more money from this team that isn't worried about that at all. When that is a reasonable concern. So, yeah. um, you know, he's been playing awesome. And um, he's been so important to, you know, this team. Um, and uh, I'm excited to see how he finishes out the season for sure. Yeah, man, for sure. Because, uh, like you said, the the injury plagued season seasons actually have really been annoying. He never really seemed to show any signs of development or growth in his game. And this year he has. I mean, like you mentioned, he's getting offensive boards and actually he's able to put the ball back in rather than just going up and getting his hands swatted away. You know, he's gotten stronger. He's gotten more focused and um, confident in himself. And those dribble moves, off the dribble moves, like, it's not something that we see him do all the time. So seeing that even is nice. Like, the fact that he could blow by somebody off of a one dribble as a 7'2", 270-pound man is incredible for me. And, you know, my, my thoughts on Mitchell Robinson have been staggered since we got him. I loved him his rookie year. Then he was, like, kind of meh. Then he was good. Then he was eh. Then he gets hurt. And I'm like, look, I'm over it. I want I wanted him gone, to be perfectly honest. I was cool with including him in trade offers because he does have talent. But if we could get better talent for the now, especially for my expectations of this team, I was down for it. Um, but, yeah, as of right now, I'm cool with extending Mitch. I would hope that we get him at a decent price point because, you know, with the cap space, how it is right now to commit too much money to a center that's averaging like nine per game, maybe for his career. uh, It's just a little weird because he's not like Jared Allen. Jared Allen got his bag because he could get you like 15 a game and also be a lockdown defensive stud. Um, But, you know, maybe Mitch finally is developing into that. Uh, now that he's got weight on him and realistically watching him this year it puts into perspective how much we could have used him last year in that Hawks series yeah, I, I, yeah. I think he was he would have been a he would have been the stopper he would have been the, the the catalyst for keeping the Knicks alive in a lot of those games yeah. I mean yeah we it, have him last year I think their series yeah yeah no he and I think Mitch would have been a big part of it for sure like now it's putting it's put into clear perspective for me that that's true um and despite his early season antics this year with the instagram stories and saying this and that now like i, I don't really care about it uh, he he he's uh, what put, well putting his money where the, where his mouth is i guess he, yeah. he he's proving himself is essentially all i'm trying to get at and i'm happy for it i'm here to extend mitch i love his effort um honestly sometimes he looks like he's the only guy who has effort and cares about winning so it's pretty sick. yeah it's pretty sick and i would love to like you said he passed marcus camby in such a brief stint he's met past marcus yeah. camby for blocks in his fourth season so yeah. i would like to keep him around build up on that Knicks legacy for him same with rj i would like to get obi out there too. keep obi going 
So Quentin Grimes, who's a future DPOY MVP, by the way. Yeah. You know. That guy, man. I love Grimes. Though. Bro, 25th pick back-to-back years, and both of them feel like steals. Quickly, he's had his, his slumps as well, but Grimes right now is also looking pretty, like, pretty potentially elite for, like, the type of role he plays. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 3D. 3 and D and D, as Zach Lowe alluded to in one of his articles. Um, yeah, I, I didn't read D it, but I, I like that. Ability, you know? Yeah, 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 for sure. He, he could put the ball ball on the court, uh, ball on the floor. We saw it a little bit in the summer league, and um, I think even in, like, the post-draft tape, you know, like they draft the pick and then show his tape from college. Um, and I didn't read that Zach Lowe article, but I am happy that Zach Lowe shouted him out because Zach Lowe's like a very respected writer in the NBA space. So his 10 things I hate and don't hate, whatever the fuck that title is. Um, the fact that he brought Quentin Grimes up of all people is actually pretty sick because that means that he's getting the recognition that I think Knicks fans want from him. And honestly, I would love to see him start personally, but that would require a whole bunch of logistics that we just discussed. So, and, uh, so, yeah, I mean, we talked about the trade deadline, right? And all these guys that are picking shit up, you know, building on themselves and improving. So, to, I guess, close this off as a discussion, what do you think the rest of the season outlook is? We have one of the hardest schedules on the books. Um, we really can't seem to put together a win streak. Guys are inconsistent. We got the drama surrounding the team right now. Trade deadline is yet to pass. But let's say... They stand pat. Like, what's the rest of the season outlook in your eyes? You know, I think based on what we're able to build last year, I really, maybe I'm, I'm stupid for this, but I really do think it's possible. I think, I don't think we don't, we we fall out of the plan. I think we're going to crack the plan. Um, I think our talent is enough to do so. I think Washington, although they're very skilled, I think they have a bit of chemistry issues. There's, there's, uh, murmurs of, you know, guys not like Dinwiddie in the locker room, Bradley Beal not being the best leader, you know, and you can't have Kyle Kuzma be your best guy every night. Um, and I think, you know, they sort of fall a little bit. I think on this road trip where we go, there, where there's Lakers, Denver, Utah, and Golden State, if we go two and two in this trip, it's like, okay, like we were able to beat one of these good teams. I, as as good as the, the other teams are, like, that we got to play on this trip, like, we often do play competitively with good teams. Yes, we've got blown out when Denver comes to town and by the Bucks like early on. But generally, we play well against these 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 good teams. And I think, um, you know, we'll be getting Derrick Rose back, which I do think will be a big help after the All-Star break. And I could see us post-All-Star break to playoffs, if we can go above 500 then, I think we'll crack the plan. Um, because the East is actually too close. I mean, if we're like four and a half games out of the six seed from Brooklyn and we're one game out of the play and like teams can come and go at any time. I mean, we saw the Hawks like playing horribly and then they just beat the Suns the other night. Like they handled them. So, um, the outlook is, you know, I think playing and I think a playing matchup, honestly, with, uh, Atlanta or Boston, I hate to say it, but it's going to be one. And I think, no matter what, where it's inevitable, we're seeing Boston at some point. Like it, they're just the vibe around the matchups that we've had with them this year. I think we played them all four times already, based on that buzzer beater and then the opening night games. Like that's just forty-eight what, had like, forty-one against them, bro. Yeah, that, exactly. Like everything is just leading up to like a play-in tournament matchup with them 
Uh, oh, I'd live for that, to be honest. So I think that would be exciting. I, You know, the top six seed, you know, I just don't know. Like, the top six teams, including Cleveland and including dysfunctional Brooklyn, they're just a little bit of a tier below above where we're playing now. I have to be realistic, you know? Yeah, no. I think with Rose coming back, I think, you know, it's possible Randall's game picks up. I think the All-Star break will be great because that's nine days off for these mm-hmm. guys. Randall doesn't got to go to the All-Star break. Though OB is going to go to the dunk contest. That's it, you know? I think that'll actually be good for guys. Um, and again, D Rose coming back. Maybe Noel can play a bit more consistently, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, I like I like playing. I don't know if it's going to be the seven or eight playing or the nine or ten. Um, either way, it's the playing. So you know, it's not a place you really want to be in either way. Yeah, but I um, mean. You know, I think it's our fate. Like, I think, you know, uh, jumping into a, a seven-game series right now, you know, we're not built to win that. But, like, we can maybe, you know. Fight our like, way into one. Yeah, I mean, if we're in the seven or eight and we lose that game, you got another chance. You know, if you're in the nine or ten, you're backs against the wall. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to win two to get in. Um, yeah. So I could see us, you know, maybe winning some of those. I, I don't know, but I don't see us missing the playoffs. If we do, then I think the offseason, I think – Fire sale. I think there's going to be change. Yeah, I think I, I know I talked about 2023 earlier, but I think if we don't make the plan at all this year. Well, it would be preemptive. Yeah, they preemptively still preparing for 2023. Yeah, I think they're going to go full youth movement because, you know, what other direction are you going to go? And you didn't even make the you're, you're not even in the top 10 seeds. It's like, yeah, you know, after after such a big year. And that's what's that's what's kind of funny is because even last year you thought playing was the most realistic outcome for the Knicks, and then they get to the fourth seed and it's like, oh shit, okay. So, but yeah, I mean, like to to be the fourth seed and then to fall out so bad that you end up in the plane or don't. I mean, if they get the plane, I'm still cool with it because if they do play at Boston, I do like that matchup. If they do play Atlanta, I like to run it back and see if Mitch does make that change like we're talking about. Yeah. So, but ultimately missing play-ins even is, that would be a really big um, bummer. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, if I had to put my money on it, right? Because now yeah, that sports betting is legal in New York. Uh, could I see the Knicks making like some push to maybe be like 500 by the end of the year? Yes. What would uh, that be? 41? It'd be 41 and 41. That, yeah. That's a, that's a big ask, to be perfectly honest. But That's 17 more wins. On the yeah. But, and then only play. losing 12. So, yeah. you know, or no, 13, losing 13. So 17 and 13 rest of season, but with a tough schedule, who knows? Um, you know, I, maybe I could see them being like 30 something and 40 something which isn't really the end of the world but if it happens to keep make them jump up and just skate by at the plane then i'm cool with it um i haven't really checked the standings of late i think the winning records are pretty much one to eight at this point so um but yeah man uh you know tough season um i think they could maybe pick something up though i think rose coming back will be a change uh, hopefully that that All Star break does like really eye- open some eyes. You know, all the team will be together and they could just kind of re- reassess and reacclimate and kind of yeah. just get, understand each other better. You know, so the, these things happen. Like you said, this this game is a game of runs, and it's not just in game; it's a, throughout the season. If you yeah. go into a bad yeah. slump, you go you you gather together and you come together and you figure out like what do we got to do. It's, it's all about managing expectations with this team because I think True. last year they did so well, 
you know, had this amazing run, the four seed. And then, like, coming out to play to start the year, they thought they were better than they actually were. And they were, you know, losing all these lazy games to, like, the Magic and, like, Cleveland and, like, stuff like that. And I, now I think, like, the expectations are weighing not only on Randall, but, like, I think everyone. I think all even the young guys, too, to be like, look, like, they got humbled really quick. Um, and, you know, that affects all teams. Like, look at Memphis right now, like, 36 and 18. Like, they could win 40 games before they have 20 losses. And that's, like, a rule of thumb that constitutes, like, a real championship contender. If Memphis can win, like, 56 games this year or maybe 60 games, like, you know, I don't know how far they can go in the playoffs, but the fact is they're probably going to get a top seed. And with this Memphis team, they have too much chemistry for this to really happen. Uh, and they share the ball so well that I don't see them, like, faltering or having a regression year next year. But to just use them as an example, if they underperform next year now, their their expectations now are set at, like, okay, this is a team that can win 50-plus games in mm-hmm. the conference finals. That's their expectation now. So if they don't do that next year, it's going to be a disappointment when maybe not. Maybe they're still a young team with development and just this season you have certain anomalies which help them get to that area. That's sort of what's happening with the Knicks. Like, you know, you had like we had a really good defense last year. We had a really good momentum. We had, um, you know, Rose playing great, Randall playing great. And yes, that's probably going to be Randall's best season of his career, probably. Mm -hmm. So now we're held to that standard when maybe that's not possible. You know, like we're not at this standard like um, the Suns now where it's like they're a championship team all the time. But they were only a championship team for the last two years. Yeah. So, like, in terms of reacting to how we do, it's all about managing our expectations, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, tough, fairs but... tend, uh, fans tend to have an unfair judgment on things. So Yeah, I but it's like mean. how, of course, we're going to think that we're a playoff team again after last year. Like, it's yeah. re- these expectations are, are understandable. But when you kind of come back to earth, you're like, okay, like, kind of makes sense that, like... Yeah, I mean, I think think the team's overall performance in that series against Atlanta was kind of eye-opening. But at the same time, like, for me, like, I I was writing it off as, look, that was the team's first ever postseason. There was only, like, four guys on the team that have seen a postseason before the fact. And, you know, they they did what they could. Randall had, like, an all-time worst performance of, of his career... But it's like, all right, first first postseason, you know, the spotlight was on him. Eighteen thousand fans for the first time all year last year. You know, you gotta you gotta hope he comes back. And then now we have what we have, and maybe this team really just wasn't. Uh, it was an anomaly or an yeah. aberration, aberration, um, aberration, however it's pronounced. So, yeah, you know, like you said, setting the expectations as the fandom, a fan base is a little tough because you want better but then you get worse and you're disappointed, but it's kind of your own fault for thinking, you know, like we, we all knew that the East got better this year too. So, yeah, but, it's uh, not yeah, a, it's, man. Not a, it's not a COVID season this year. You know, I do think with, guys this is, handle, yeah. like, you know, you're putting up buckets where there's not a lot of fans in the arena. That's similar to the being in the gym, man. You yeah. Know? It was like, it was similar to the bubble in a way too. If I'm an like, NBA player. I'm like, getting my training to blast loud crowd noise as I practice. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to replicate the game in practice. But, yeah. um, again, I'm not in the NBA, so what do I do? True. Neither am I. <laughs> I wish I was because I could use a nice $20 million a year right now. Oh, uh, but, uh, yeah, bro. So I, I, I think we could agree then that, you know, th- this team's a little rough, but I'm not writing them off just yet. 
Um, yeah, I'm a fan, man. You know, I'd rather see us in the playoffs than not. Um, but, you know, if we do miss the plan, it's like, what are we going to get, like, the 12th seed and then, like, get, like, the ninth pick? It's like, come on, man. How many times are we going to do this? Like, you know, at that point, it's like, you got to go all in on the youth movement. Mm-hmm. Not, like, or make a bigger move to like really bring move, this team. You know, it's like we can't hover in the middle here and like get fall to the lottery and, and pick top three and just get RJ. You know that that's it. Like it, it, there has to be, there has to be. You know, maybe we get another frozen envelope type deal soon. That'd be great. Got to get a unicorn again. Yeah. But yeah, man. Uh, you know. It's been a rough ride, but happy happy to still be a Knicks fan. Yeah, I mean, I, I spend enough money on the memorabilia to, to yeah. commit to it. So, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, all right. So we'll call it there then. Awesome. Let's go Knicks. Hopefully they yeah. could uh, dig themselves out of this this trench that they have. Yeah, yeah. Good to check in. You know, hopefully we come into LA. I saw RJ on his Instagram. He was in the gym late last night, which is a mm. good sign. So hopefully he drops a thirty piece on the Westbrook's on. head. Oh my God, love it! Um, you know, it's always a show at the at the crypt at the crypto.com oh. arena, so um, should be an interesting one tonight. So I just love it, love to get a win. You coming off that Memphis loss? I think guys really wanted to be in Memphis. One thing I did like was that. Um, just the last thought was, yeah. you all know the Randall controversy of last game. He went over to the Grizzlies bench to confront yeah. Bain, but then there's a play preceding that where Bain like aggressively grabbed the ball out of Quickly's hands mm-hmm. at a timeout. And I, I did like that out of Randall. He was sticking up for quickly. You know, that's why he did that. Um, yeah, that's it, more of what you want to see. Yeah, like, it looked a lot worse than before the fact that yeah, you mentioned. That's more that you want to see. Not these lazy, like, selfish fouls where, like, texts where he's, like, pushing away Fournier and stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't want to see that, man. I want to see you get teed up if you're sticking up for your boys, for your teammate. Like, be a team player, bro. You can shoot one of 20. But stick up for your boys. Play with maximum effort. That's all you need to do for me to love and respect you as a plan, as a fan. When those yeah. things don't happen, my fandom goes out the window. It's plain and simple, man. It's effort. Like, I, I don't hate you for playing poorly this year. I don't feel any ill will towards you for doing that. I, I feel some disdain at, at you not putting in effort and not sticking up for your teammates that it's those two things yeah he, he's bipolar man he's like last year was the high energy like high up tempo i'm here to put this team on my back but type if you, of behavior if you're, if you're feeling negative about things take it out on the other team man yeah don't do it to your own team yeah that's, for sure that's my whole thing you know but no yeah 100 uh, I, I really do it's all about adjustments in this league, and if they can adjust, this yeah. team is instantly better than they were for Agreed. the first yeah, half. Yeah. So I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So yeah, man. All right. Great potting with you, bro. Great pod indeed. Thanks for stopping by as always. Yeah, sure. uh, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe. I have like an OnlyFans. Subscribe, your boys, please. Read our articles. We're putting in time and work. Yeah, man. Yeah, Nick has actually been writing more than I have, to be perfectly honest, which I also appreciate. I never thank you enough for it. So, no, um, we're, we're in this together, man. But yeah, please like, subscribe, everything, read, share. Our passion for this team knows no bounds. So, not even close. That's it. And we'll pay for it when we're in our fifties and we got to go to a cardiologist. But for Very now, true. we're in our twenties, so life is too short. Absolutely. Yeah. Peace out, y'all. Rambles Peace. gone.